Hello, Chiefs Kingdom. It has been a minute, and I have missed being here. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. Today, we're going to talk about training camp. Or, sorry, we're going to talk about the first preseason game as training camp is going on, and what to be watching for when the first game kicks off this Sunday. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is great to be back. I apologize for my long delay. Uh, back from vacation, back from a little bit of work stuff. Today, I'm Chris Clark, founder of Chiefs Corner. You can go find me over at Chiefs Corner. There's going to be a lot to talk about today, though. We start looking at getting the team ready for this game that's coming up on Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun talking about, uh, you know, taking on the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Who are we going to be watching? What are we going to be watching? Uh, maybe a little bit of Chris Jones talk since I haven't actually discussed it since I've been gone. And we're sitting here, we're looking at this, and there's so much to talk about when you start getting into the first preseason game and what it's going to mean for all the players on the team. But I do want to welcome you back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs, your daily podcast covering the Kansas City Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for always making Locked On Chiefs your first listen of the day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube as well. And we really do appreciate you sitting here, you listening to us. And I apologize a little bit late going on today, but there's so much to talk about when you start looking at what this is going to mean. I, I do want to thank our title sponsor today. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So go check out Underdog Fantasy. They are our sponsor today. I will be taking questions at the very end. So if you want to throw something out there in the chat, I will be taking questions at the end. But let's go ahead and just jump in and start talking about this first game that they have coming up. They kick off on Sunday. This is going to be the first time you actually get to see the team going up against another unit. Uh, we're going to get an idea as to where they really think that they are. They did release a depth chart uh, last night on, uh, I guess that would have been Tuesday night. It's an unofficial depth chart. Chris Jones is technically still a DT, uh, the starting DT on this team. So that is what... You know, you can take it for what it's worth at this point. So there's a little bit of, there's not really many surprises on it, I guess I would say, but it is going to be a question whether or not that actually, you know, plays out in this game. And the big thing that I'm really curious about in this game, and we won't really know until we see the game and see how it plays out. But one of the things I'll be watching is, okay, what is the offense working on? Because you're going to know, are they working on the run game or are they working on the pass game? That's going to be something that's going to be very obvious from the get-go, because they usually use one of the preseason games to do run, one to do pass. Uh, not saying you won't see a little bit of both here and there, but it's going to be focusing on one of those aspects, generally speaking, from offense. And defense, it's going to be extremely vanilla, still going to be vanilla on offense as well. Uh, but there is going to be a lot of different players you want to watch. Obviously, Justin Ross and, and whether or not he's going to be able to make this team, I do think that they're kind of changing things with the way he's been performing in training camp, that I do think that he's – possibly going to be able to sneak into a seventh seventh wide receiver and be on this roster. That's going to be something to watch. But the real curious thing about him is what is his role going to be in special teams? Because he has not played many special teams in college. That is going to be something he's going to have to do in the NFL if he's not going to be a starter. And right now he's not getting the starter reps. That can change with a good performance in the preseason and maybe showing a couple more things in training camp. But right now he's not a starter for this Chiefs team. So – that's going to definitely be something to watch. When we start looking at the rest of the wide receivers, it does look like it's pretty much kind of shaken out. It looks like, you know, MBS is your starter. 
you know, Sky Moore is your starter. Obviously, Kadarius Tony is going to be a starter. And then you have Justin Watson who's getting the most snaps outside of those top, you know, those top two guys. So he's going to be on this team. Uh, he's going to be somebody that I think that is going to use be used a lot on special teams. So maybe that gives credence to them being able to take another wide receiver that's not going to be a core special teams guy. Maybe that's possible. We'll see how that ends up shaking out. Then you have Richie James and Rasheed Rice. And I think both those guys are on the team. It's going to be very interesting to see what they're able to do with Rasheed Rice this preseason. But I'm real, really more curious about what they're going to do with Richie James. James is an, is an interesting addition to this Chiefs roster, and he brings – a little bit of ability, you know, in a veteran style. Uh, really curious to see how they use them in the preseason and what they show in the preseason. Uh, that's always going to be something fascinating to watch. And and whether or not he actually even gets a lot of time with the twos. I know he's going to get some time with the ones, but are they going to run him with the twos? At this point in the preseason, you're, you're trying to get these guys as many snaps as you can, get them into the field of the, you know, the offense and the defense. And that's going to be a big question in this is whether or not he's going to be playing you know ones twos you know i don't think he's going to give me you know third team snaps but uh you know and then the question is where's justin ross come in you know you start watching these games and it's going to be a question okay does justin ross get any reps with the ones during the preseason i expect he's going to is it going to be something where he's actually going to get targeted or is it going to be he's out there on the field and they don't target him uh for whatever reason whether it's a run play or or it just didn't go that direction i mean that's going to be something to watch and see what he's able to do and produce in a game. Uh, this is going to be a huge thing for him. He hasn't played in over two years, and that's going to be something to watch. You know, you start looking at the rest of the linebackers. Uh, I think we have a pretty good idea who the four linebackers are, uh, and I think Jack Cochran is, is number five right now. But I think that that's a spot where, you know, you start looking at where you're going to have questions on the roster. That could be a spot that could be open is that fifth linebacker spot. And showing up in the preseason is going to be something that you could do to, you know, make those rosters. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. Uh, you know, corners going to be interesting, and it's really DB in general. Uh, I don't know that I expect Snead to play in this game, and I should have said I should have started this off. They do not have practice on Thursday, so they're not going to have practice tomorrow. So we will not have a. I don't think we'll probably have a live show for Friday because there's not going to be a practice. That's why we're doing live shows is to cover the practice from the day. Uh, but they will have a practice on Friday, and they're off again on Saturday before the game on Sunday. So, you know, just a heads up there, there will be no practice report tomorrow. You know, when you start looking at the DBs, that's going to be the big question. I don't know that Sneed will play. He hasn't practiced in a long time, uh, didn't practice again today. He's got a knee issue. They're trying to get it under control, and hopefully it'll be good to go for the season. That kind of makes me think that it's possible that he's not going to play in this game. He may not play in the preseason. They want to get the knee taken care of. They want to get the swelling down as much as they possibly can. And in order to do that, they're going to have to possibly not play him. What that does is it gives you the young guys. It gives the young guys on the roster a chance to show what they can do. And obviously, we've already seen what Jalen Watson and what uh, you know Williams could do as corners. But it's a question of how much have they grown in the offseason? How much have they been able to add to their game? How much have they started to get to where they understand where they're supposed to be on the field at all times? And how much has the game slowed down for them? So you're going to get a chance to see that. But the other question you get is with Snead out, is Nick Jones going to be a guy that's going to come in and get first string snaps at the defense? Is he going to play that nickel position? Or are you going to put Trey McDuffie there? Who are you going to have as that third corner? 
And then you've got a question as, as to who your three safeties are going to be. Chamari Connor looks like he could be playing all over this defense as well. So lots of different questions when you start looking at the offense and defense. Uh, I know everybody's really excited to see what it's like with the wide receiver group because we don't know right now what it's going to look like. And I get it. And there's questions at tight end at the fourth tight end spot. Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be Bush? Is it is it going to be, sorry, Bushman? Or is it going to be Bell? Or is it maybe not going to, is Fortson not going to be on the roster because he can't stay healthy? And I really would hate that because uh, I think he brings an element to this team that Bell doesn't bring and really Bushman doesn't. But availability is the biggest key here. And Bushman has been showing out. So that's going to be a big question going into this game. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Chris Jones situation after this break, because I want to get into what it could mean for, uh, you know, what they're looking at. So, you know, is it a question of money? Is it a question of guarantees? I want to talk about that a little bit. There's been no real movement on the Chris Jones scenario other than they're not going to trade him, uh, which is good news for Chiefs fans. But I do want to tell you about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy Football. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's best bet ball, best ball mania tournament, the largest Fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Be sure to go check it out. All right. And a reminder, I am going to be doing a little bit of a Q&A at the very end of this. So we will be getting to all the questions. And that's another reason why I love doing live streams, getting a chance to be able to uh, you know, talk to you all and answer questions that you have. I got you know, I have to show this. And I wasn't going to answer this question, but it just came up. I did say I was going to talk about Chris Jones. So let's just get into it. Yes. He is going to lose close to a million dollars, and I don't have the number exactly in front of me. I'm trying to find that right now. His base salary is 19.5, so he will lose a million dollars for each preseason game he misses. So the way it works now is of the 2020, uh, the reorganization of the CBA, you have a $50,000 fine for every single day you miss in training camp. So he's racked up close to a million dollars between those fines plus the mandatory minicamp, which you miss, which is $100,000 by itself. And then when you start getting into preseason games, you will lose a basically a game check for every preseason game you miss. You miss. And right now, his base salary is $19,500,000. So he will lose out on almost a little bit over a million dollars if he does not show up before the game on Sunday. He could report on Saturday and I guess kind of get out of that. And that's the big question I have going into this situation with him is what is – Where's this going? That's my big question. You know, Chris Jones, you know, Matt talked about this yesterday, and I thought he did a great job pointing this out. Chris Jones is in a situation where if he doesn't get a great contract where it's, you know, 28 million, 29 million, the question is going to be, you know, are, did you really gain anything by holding out? And that's going to be a question that he's going to have to answer at some point. His agents are going to have to answer that at some point. I don't think that there's any way Chris Jones 
isn't going to play for the first week of the season. Uh, although I think that you get closer and closer to, you know, the second preseason game and he's not here, he risks not being able to be ready for the regular season because there is a difference between staying in shape and actual football shape. And is it a question of, you know, he played over 70% of the snaps as a DT last year. That's insane. He's not, I don't think he's going to be able to do that if he doesn't show up and start getting into practice and being able to, you know, at least play in one preseason game because they won't play him in preseason game number three. So, you know, that's, that's going to be something that's uh, we'll see. I, I'm really curious. And, and I know people are saying he won't miss game checks. I mean, if you miss a Sunday's game, he's going to miss a game check. Uh, that's the reality of the situation. And the bigger question that I have and that I've been trying to figure out, I've been looking everywhere, can't really get any information on it. What's really holding this up? Uh, I mean, is it, is it overall amount? If it's overall amount, that's easy to fix. Uh, you can do a, you know, basically a year, a dummy year at the very end of the contract that will take your overall amount to be over whatever amount you want it to be. If you want it to be over $31 million or $32 million, you can do that with a, a year that's not going to be, you know, he's not actually going to get. That's easy enough to work on. If it's guarantees, I still think that guarantees would be pretty easy unless you're asking for closer to $90 million in guarantees. If he's asking for 80, which I think is pretty reasonable, 85, still, you know, not too bad considering what he's been to this team for the past couple of seasons. I think you can do that. But that's the question. Is it guarantees? Is it money? Is it years? Are, is Kansas City wanting a four-year deal and he's only wanting a two-year deal? The reason that's going to matter is because if you give him a big signing bonus, you know, $25, $30 million, or let's make it easy, let's just call it $28 million, you have a proration of $7 million every single year if you have a four-year contract. If you only have a two-year contract, it's $14 million a year on the cap. That does matter. There's a lot of different questions as to how this is going to go and what the Chiefs are going to be able to do, what Chris Jones is going to be able to do, and really, this is also going to this also lends itself to, into how things are going to happen in the next CBA because th- I think that this is a situation where, you know, for example, you look at a guy like uh, Jonathan Taylor in, in Indianapolis who hasn't practiced, reported, but hasn't practiced, so he's technically there. He's not getting fined because he's there, but he's kind of holding in where he's not practicing, so he can't get fined, but he's not practicing. Now, injuries are different situations, and I get that, but that's, I think, something they'll address in the next CBA. When it comes to Chris Jones, I think, you know, if you look at this, I understand why he wants more than, you know, $30 million a year or why he could want more than $30 million a year. He played better than Aaron Donald did last year. The reality for the team is they're looking at the market and saying, okay, well, 26, 27 is probably about where we really want to be. Uh, And if you look at the Aaron Donald contract, I've looked at it several times, the 31 million that he got as the number is really not, he's not going to get the 31 million average. He's got a bad, he's got a, a year at the very end of his contract that escalates that number. Uh, and it's way outside of where the rest of the defensive tackle class is. Uh, so I think that's going to be a problem for Chris Jones. If he's wanting to beat that, unless it's going to be money tacked on at the end that he's not going to be guaranteed and he won't get, I, I don't know how you're going to get that contract done. I want to see Chris Jones in Kansas City. He brings something to the Chiefs that they don't have. That well, at least that we don't think they have right now. There's questions whether or not they can get you know interior pass rush from a rookie and Keandre Coburn, who it sounds like has played really well. Uh, but obviously he's not Chris Jones, not trying to say he is. 
But if you can add additional pass rush interior on the interior, that's going to benefit you. And if you have Chris Jones on this team, it's going to benefit you even more because it takes away a little bit of a weakness at the defensive end position because there's questions there too. A is going to be out for six weeks. That's a huge loss for Kansas City. And then you start looking at the rest of the team. You know, Carl Loftus, you kind of know what you have. He kind of came on at the end of the year last year. He worked with Tom Bahali in the offseason. How is that going to play into, uh, you know, going into this season? Is he going to be somebody that can take a step forward? Or is he, is he going to take a step back as a sophomore? You hope he takes a step forward and he's a starter right now. So I think that you got to feel pretty comfortable with that. I think he played well enough last year to be a starter. Uh, Mike Dana is a guy that you know doesn't get a ton of pressure, but he's always where he's supposed to be. He does get pressure at times, and he does great against the run. So he's probably going to be your starter at defensive end. People aren't going to like that. He's not flashy, but he gets the job done for the most part. But if you don't have Chris Jones, those first six weeks – or, you know, even week one, that's going to be a tough game. They're going up against Detroit, who has a has a pretty good offensive line, especially their centers, pretty good. And I'm not saying Jones can't handle uh, taking, you know, taking that role. But, you know, being in football shape is something that we're going to have to watch and, and see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. I would assume he's going to report soon. But the longer and longer that this drags on, the more and more questions that we're going to have as to how it's going to play out long term. Uh, for Kansas City and for Jones, the only option right now is Jones gonna, is going to play this year. He's not going to miss regular season games because he needs to show out for a contract for next year if he if he doesn't get an extension with Kansas City. Kansas City's not going to trade him. Uh, people want to say his value is the highest that it can be right now, but it's not because you have the draft is nine you know nine months away, and you have a regular season to play, and you're not going to get somebody that's going to want to give him $27, $28 million a year plus give you the picks that it would require to trade for him. So the value really isn't there. If they were going to trade him, it needed to be before the draft happened uh, in March or, late, or early April. But and, and the money is always going to be a question. If he wants to win, he can't go elsewhere. So lots of questions when it comes to Chris Jones and how that's going to end up in this in this league, in this for this team, and how it's going to affect Kansas City in the 2023 season. But there's so much to be excited about for this roster, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that right after this. All right, one of my favorite things about the preseason is you get to watch all these players that may have a role on this team, may not have a role on this team, but you get to see all these different players that you don't get to really get a chance to see. Uh, even when the season starts, you don't, you don't get to see them because they're usually not playing. So you're going to get second and third teamers that are going to get playing time and and you're going to see if they're going to be able to do things. Now, I do want to warn you, if you're watching a guy playing against second and third team, especially in preseason game one, and he's destroying the third team, that may be great, but it also doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make the roster in Kansas City because those second and third teamers are there for the re- for a reason on the other team. Now, if he moves up and gets reps with the next week with the second or first re- first team, that's a different scenario, and, and that's something to watch. But, you know, the big key going into these games and, and where you can kind of get an idea as to where the team is really feeling about some of these players, go watch the special teams. Go watch every single special team snap. Who's out there on field goal? Who's out there on field goal block? Who's out there on punt? Who's out there on punt block? Who is out there on kickoff and kickoff return? All of those special teams plays make a big difference. And who is going to be out there is going to show you, especially early in the game, is who can make this roster because that's where you're looking right now. And I've had people ask me, how many players do I think are actually safe on this roster? I'd say probably 
46, 47, maybe even 48. Uh, you're really looking at the bottom five players on the roster. And and when I say bottom five, I don't necessarily mean bottom in talent. But uh, the reality is, is, you know, while I do think that they carry seven wide receivers with the things, the way things are going right now and with the injury to Tony, that's a question mark. It's going to be, they're going to have to have a receiver that can step in and take some of those special team snaps that you'd be missing from another position if they're going to go that route. Uh, and it's going to be something that they're going to have to do. I, I still think they do it. And right now, Kansas City looks like they could have another guy in Nico Remigio, who I don't think has a chance of making the roster, but it looks like he could have something going for him uh, and needs time to develop. So that's going to be something to watch. Is it their way for him to get on the practice squad? That'd be great. Uh, but if he shows out in the games, that's also going to be a little bit of a tougher situation. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of the questions that we have right now. Will many who have to be in the 53 before being placed on the suspended list, or can he just go on it before cut down? And that is a great question. I believe that he is able to go on the suspension list immediately and does not have to be held over. I think you have to be held over just for IR. Um, so I don't think that you have to worry about uh, doing that and how you how that plays out. So, I mean, he's not eligible for week one. Uh but you're able to, you know, have him there right afterwards. I'm trying to see if I can get a direct answer on that one. But that's my understanding is the suspension list is different than IR. Uh, so you're able to get a situation where you don't have to have him as one of the 53. And then he goes on the suspension the day after. I'm going to see if I can find a... Specific answer on that, and I will let you all know uh, in the chat if I do not come up with an answer before I get out of here today. Uh, but I, as far as I know, I believe that uh, when he gets moved to suspension list, he still counts. He doesn't count against the 53, uh, and Kansas City's not going to lose him. IR, like I said, is different. Uh, for a guy like Kadarius Tony, I'm not saying he's going to go on IR. I'm just using him as an example. If you wanted to put Kadarius Tony on IR, he had to be on the roster at cut down day. And the day after cutdowns, then you can move them to IR and you can sign somebody back. That is a little bit of a different scenario than a suspended player. Regarding Chris Jones, where does the penalty money go? The Chiefs, the NFL. Generally speaking, when it comes to penalties, when it comes to fines and all that, it actually goes to charity. I believe the NFL you know, gets it and then it gives it to charities is the way that they, I think that goes. That's a great question, though, and somebody asked me that about the salary cap. Is that something that is going to possibly give them money in the salary cap? It's possible that they're able to get some salary cap money back uh, because of the fines. Uh, that's also something I'm going to be having to look into. I've looked a little bit and I couldn't find a great answer. So I apologize for that. But I do think that there is a situation where, uh, you know, they could possibly gain some, you know, salary cap money back because he's already on the roster for, he's already on their roster. He's on their salary cap for, you know, close to $28 million right now. So that's something that they won't have to pay. So I would think that that could be possibly something that they would get back uh, and I will get a, a better answer for you. If there's anybody else that has any questions, let me know uh, in the chats. Really do appreciate this. I have missed being on here. Uh, really looking forward to this game on Sunday. There are so many things that uh, I really want to see this team. I, so many players I want to see. Uh, I love watching the first team play. Don't get me wrong. You know, first team O, first team D. It's a lot of fun to see and try to get an idea of where those guys sit uh, and how this team is going to look this year. But to me, 
preseason's all about your depth. You know, give me the, the second and third teamers and see where the depth is going to be coming from because that is going to really help you throughout the season when you have to bring some of those guys up and they have to play roles because you have injuries. So that's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, I don't think, and I know this is a comment more than a question, I don't think he's going to get mad to retire. Uh, he's not going to leave money on the table, Steve. And, you know, he, I can't imagine that this is a situation that actually gets us to, to where he would actually be asking for a trade. He wants to be in Kansas City. He wants to win. He wants to have the best chance to win a Super Bowl. And legacy is important to him. And the best way for him to have a legacy and, and the best way to improve on his legacy is have a chance to win, have a chance to win another Super Bowl. And I don't think you're going to find a team that he could do that on better than Kansas City. Kansas City, I think, is in prime position to be on another Super Bowl run in 2023. And it may be something where you're not going to even be in a situation where you have so many close games because Kansas City, you know, if you go back and watch the quarterback series on Netflix, which my daughter started watching again, or my daughter started watching a couple of nights ago and I got hooked on it again. I didn't, I remember the wins, but you don't really remember the scores. And if you go back and look at it, Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense, let that, and the defense really as well, let some of those scores be a lot closer than they should have been. And to me, that's where this team could really take a step forward. If the receivers are able to step up and do a lot better this season, uh, I think that's going to be something to watch. I think Sky Moore's in for a big year. I don't know that I would say he's going to be over 1,000 yards, although I think he could hit it. Uh, he looks like he's doing very well in camp, and he looks like he's going to be very involved in the offense. If MVS can get to a point where he's on the same page with Mahomes on deep balls, how much more is that going to open up this offense? I mean, they were even the number one scoring offense last year but if you were able to get some more from the offense and you look back at the defense, really, you know, the backfield is set, your linebackers are set and you have a piece that you haven't had in Drew, in Drew Tranquil in a linebacker that can actually cover that is set, that is going to help you against, you know, some of the tight ends of the league, some of the running backs in the league, the positions that have killed Kansas city. You know, the big question mark is going to be your defensive line. Are you going to be able to get the sacks that you got last year uh, you know, if Chris Jones is there, you're easily probably going to get, I would say, 12 to 14 sacks from him, if not more. Uh, and then, you know, defensive ends, you know, is Carl Loftus going to show up and get, you know, 10, 11, 12 sacks? Possibly. He did great in pressure rate last year. He just wasn't able to get home early in the season. That changed late in the year. So it's possible he takes a big step forward. Uh, a mini Q being able to crash down once he comes back from his suspension is going to be huge for the for the defensive pass rush. Uh, so lots of things to be really liking about this defense. Uh, the bigger question that always comes with the defense is, can they start faster than they have in the past? It seems like Spagnuolo's defenses always start end up starting slow. That has hampered them in the past couple of years, and I, I mean, they've played better towards the end, and it's helped them win Super Bowls. Uh, you know, yes, I know they allowed 35 points against the Eagles. The Eagles had a great offense. That's part of it, but you look at the defense that started slow pretty much every single year. So that's something to watch for the season. Can they get to a point? They want to be a top 10 defense. The only way you're going to do that is start faster, uh, get to a point where you can hold some of your opponents to lower scores. Mahomes has never had a top 10 defense. That's going to be very something. It's going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun to see if he actually gets that. Another couple of questions. What would the guaranteed money for Jones is likely looking for? I think I've been seeing 70, 75 is, is about where the market's topped out at right now. Um, so guaranteed, you're probably looking at a situation where he's obviously wanting to beat that. And 
he should beat it. He's he was by far the best defensive tackle in the league last year. And so total guaranteed uh 66 million for Quinnen Williams. So that's total guaranteed. That's not fully guaranteed. The fully guaranteed amount is just under 48 million for Quinnen Williams. So you know, you could be in a situation where Chris Jones is looking for a fully guaranteed 55, 60, total guaranteed of 70 to 80. Uh, I think those numbers are in line with with what Kansas City could get done because they already know what they're going to get from Chris Jones. Uh, he shows up in shape, and he is he showed that he had he was all in on his last contract. So I think you're going to get the same fr- thing from him this time around. <laughs> oh man, I wish I had a great answer for you on that one, but uh, I do not. Thank you for all the questions. I don't think. Last question I will say, is Spag's job in jeopardy if the defense, after all the investment, is still mediocre? I don't think so. And the reason I say I don't think so is because you don't fire a coach if you're continuing to win the Super Bowl or be somebody that's in the Super Bowl unless the defense is the problem every single year. And the defense has won them games at times. The defense has held up at times. That's going to be something that, you know, uh, that that's a blessing for Kansas City is he's had times where he is – coached great games and the defenses won the game for him at the end. Yeah, the offense played pretty good most of the game. Go back and look at the Rams game. How many points did the offense leave on the field by kicking as many field goals as they did? Granted, the Rams were playing a backup quarterback, but if they're playing Matt Stafford, they could have lost that game just because the offense couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Now, the defense took care of its of what it needed to last year well enough in that game, so that helped, but I don't, I don't see Spags going anywhere. I think that he's got this team going in the right direction. You know, it's possible if they remain a bottom-tier defense, maybe. But I don't think that that's going to be the case this year. And, yes, you know, a mini-hue cap will help the Chiefs this year. That will come back. Uh, that is going to be something that is going to help them this year. And... He won't be traded. They're not going to be taking him anywhere. They're not going to let him go anywhere else. They need him on this team, and I think he will continue to hold out. I'll be very curious. I'll be very surprised, actually, if he's still holding out on Sunday just because it's going to basically double the amount of money that he's lost to this holdout, and he can't get back. Can't get that back this this time around. Uh, CBA does not allow fines to be waived. So that is all I have for you today. We will be back tomorrow. Ryan and I will be back tomorrow talking about this team getting ready for this game, talking about what we're looking for in this game, who we're going to be watching. Uh, Thank you all for listening today. We really do appreciate it. Go check out another Locked On show. Check out Locked On NFL. They do a great job covering all the other teams. A lot of Locked On shows all over you. If you're into baseball, there's a lot of shows there as well, so you can go check out any of those teams. Uh, Playoff season is coming very soon in baseball, uh, so go check that out. Thank you all again today for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.